be attentive. O Lord, how magnificent are your works. In all things in wisdom you have made them. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, be watchful, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Now, brethren, you know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. I urge you to be subject to such men and to every follow worker and laborer. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicos, because they have made up for your absence, for they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Give recognition to such men. The churches of Asia send greetings, Aquila and Prisca, together with the church in their home, send you hearty greetings in the Lord. All the brethren send greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. May our Lord come. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. May love be with you all. In Christ Jesus, amen. Peace be with you, the reader. Let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. And with your spirit. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Let us be attentive. Glory to you, O Lord. There was a householder who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and let it out to tenants and went into another country. When the season of fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other servants more than the first, and they did the same to them. Afterward he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir, come, let us kill him, and have his inheritance. And they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. 
When therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. <coughs> Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the very stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner? This was the Lord's doing. And it was marvelous in our eyes. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. How much would you be willing to pay for a piece of fruit? Believe it or not, and I read this, in Japan, someone paid more than $6,000 for one what is called a densuki watermelon. Grown only on the northern Japanese island of Hokkaido, this beautiful dark green sphere looks really like a bowling ball. The nearly 18 pound watermelon one was one of only a few thousand available that year. And so the fruit's rarity brought an astronomical price on the market, about $333 per pound. Now today's parable from the gospel reading also concerns fruit. Not the Dinsuki watermelon, but fruit of another type. And indeed, fruit much more precious, in fact, of infinite worth. In summary of the story, Jesus tells us of a certain wealthy and powerful landowner who entrusts his vineyard to caretakers. Take note as well of the great concern and care of that landowner. He supplies protection for the vineyard and the caretakers by hedging it in with a fence. He provides a tower so as to keep watch for intruders. He even gives them a wine press so that when the grapes are ripe and ready, they can produce rich and delicious wine. When it is time for the harvest, the landowner, of course, sends his personal servants to receive the fruits and the bounties of his vineyard. However, the mindless caretakers and fools that they are think they have the right to keep it all for themselves. So they kill the landowner's servants out of their greed and wickedness. Again, when more servants are sent from the landowner, they suffer the same fate. 
At last, landowner, obviously a man of extreme patience and forbearance, gives them another chance. And he sends his own son, thinking they will respect at least him. But alas, the caretakers, blinded by their folly and selfishness, cast the son outside of the vineyard and kill him too, thinking in their madness that they will totally take over the vineyard and its produce for themselves. At the end of the story, Jesus asks his opponents, when therefore the owner of the vineyard comes himself, what will he do to those caretakers? And his listeners answer, not knowing exactly what they are saying. He will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other caretakers who will give him the fruits in their seasons. And there is the answer to the riddle and the interpretation of their response. As Jesus replies to their answer, saying, Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation that will bear the fruits of the kingdom. So the story is addressed to Jesus' opponents, the Pharisees and the leaders of the Jewish people. He is telling them that God planted a vineyard which represents the people themselves of Israel. He set a protective fence around them, which is the law and the commandments. He gave them a wine press, the altar of sacrifice. He built a tower for them, the great and beautiful, magnificent temple in which to worship the true God. He sent them prophets to instruct and to guide them, but the people killed them as they, for example, beat Micah, stoned Zechariah, and had Isaiah sawn in two. And finally, the Son of God himself was sent, whom they crucified outside of the city of Jerusalem. And so God turned to the Gentiles and has established his covenant with us, the new Israel, the church, looking now for us to produce the fruits of the kingdom. If we look to some passages from the book of Isaiah, this will become even clearer. Isaiah chapter 5, verses 4 to 7, herein the Lord says, What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield thorns? And now I will tell you that I will do to my vineyard and I will remove its hedge and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or cultivated and briars and thorns shall grow up. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant planting. And he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed. He looked for righteousness, but behold, a cry. 
And again, at the very beginning of Isaiah chapter 1, verses 6 to 7, the Lord says to his people, Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doing from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek righteousness, correct oppression, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. These things the Lord sought from his people, but did not find them. In search of grapes, they were but thorns. But we, brothers and sisters in Christ, have the greater responsibility than the old Israel. We now have been entrusted with the vineyard of the Lord in order to reap the harvest of good works and to offer them back to God when he returns in his glory on the last day. And how much more we have been given. We not only have the old law and the commandments of God, but the divine words and teachings of the incarnate Son of God himself. As a protective fence round about us, and we also have the watchtower of prayer, especially the Jesus prayer, energized by the Holy Spirit, so that we can guard our mind and have a commanding view over our entire inner spiritual life. And the wine press in our midst is the communion in the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ, the divine Eucharist that causes love and divine life to pump through our veins. With all this, beloved, how can we not produce the fruits of the kingdom that our Lord expects to receive from us? The fruits of the Holy Spirit, as we know them well, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the fruits of charity, the fruits of love, the fruits of self-sacrifice, the fruits indeed of all the divine virtues. Let us heed these words that I found of a contemporary Orthodox author who writes, have we who are God's caretakers worked selflessly in the Father's vineyard? Have we not all too often despised the repeated messages and calls from the Lord of the vineyard. Indeed, the word himself and the ministry of the angels and the example of the saints. Each time we sin, do we not share the guilt of the Jews in the murder of the Son? Have we not deserved to be excluded by God from his servants, service and his kingdom? So consider again, brothers and sisters, the unfathomable grace that has been given to us in the Holy Church. And what have we done with it? Have we been listening, rather doing what the Lord has been continually asking us to do? To whom much has been given, much will be required, says our Lord. And God in Christ has given us a great, great deal. In truth, he has given us everything necessary to attain our salvation, eternal life, if we only heed every word and teaching of our Lord God 
and Savior Jesus Christ and offer him fruit worthy of what he has given to us. To him be the power and the glory forevermore. Amen.